Today's scripture comes from Matthew, the fifth chapter, the first to the twelfth verses. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and he sat down. His disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will all see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So, we're in this moment where Jesus is starting probably uh, the most known sermon that he will give through his ministry. And we know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And so, what I want to try to do first is set up this this moment, this uh, picture in your mind, because I think as we read the words, we don't fully uh, understand kind of what we're seeing right here, and, and the beauty and the passion that is behind these words. So this, uh, this past summer, uh, some of you know, I got to go to Israel, and one of the first places that we went was to the place in which it's uh, believed that Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Mount of Beatitudes. And so it's this, this hill. It's not a very huge mountain like we might think, um, but you know it's a nice hill that overlooks the beautiful Sea of Galilee. So when you're looking out towards the Sea of Galilee, you just see water that goes and goes and goes. And then very far in the distance, you can kind of see the other shoreline. And you just, you see the beauty of God's creation. Okay? So that's, that's the first part, right? The second part that really kind of helps me visualize this picture and visualize what is happening in this moment, I know some of you sitting in here are fans of the chosen. My wife is one of them. And so we were talking this week, really this morning, if I'm being honest. And, you know, she asked kind of what the scripture was on, told her it was on the Beatitudes. And she said, Oh, you need to show this clip from uh, this past season. And I said, Well, it's Sunday morning. I'm not going to do that to our AV uh, group over here. But I did tell her that I would go and watch it. So I got to my office this morning and I watched it. 
And so it's the opening part of this current season that they're in, season one, uh, no, season three, episode one. Um, But it starts with Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. And so we see Jesus surrounded by all of these different people from different places, going through different experiences. And we see Jesus passionately giving these words that we know. Because if you recall, the Sermon on the Mount has a lot of of good, rich uh, stuff within it. We have the Beatitudes, which is kind of towards the beginning of this sermon that we read today. We also get the Lord's Prayer out of this time. We get, um, you know, loving our enemies as our friends. We get the words where Jesus says, if someone does something to you to turn your cheek rather than seek revenge. And so Jesus is standing up there and and very early on in his ministry, sharing. Sharing uh, these words that, that kind of change the narrative that the Jewish community had known in that time. You know, Jesus isn't saying uh, that everything that they have learned is wrong by any means. But he acknowledges that him coming into the world is fulfilling those prophets and that law that they had learned and studied all throughout their lives in the Jewish community. And so this is a very powerful moment. And when we hear these these 12 verses, known as the Beatitudes, and we hear about Jesus talking and telling us the, the ones who are blessed, right? We have nine Beatitudes, nine uh, uh, blessings that he talks about here, starting on verse 3. My first question was, why did we call it the Beatitudes? Why did we call these words the Beatitudes? Because, you know, that's the only time we really use the word Beatitude, if we're being honest. It's the only time I use it anyway. And so I looked... And the definition, uh, according to the wonderful internet, dictionary.com, is, it means supreme blessedness. Okay, that tracks, that makes sense. I mean, after all these beatitudes that we're talking about, they say, blessed are the poor, blessed are those that mourn, those uh, who are meek, and so forth. But as I continue to listen to these words, I think to myself, there's something a little more going on here. These words that Jesus is sharing, these blessings that Jesus is sharing, there's got to be more. 
Because, I mean, if we're being completely honest, none of us are probably pure in heart completely. Our humanity causes us to fall short at times. And I sit and I think, too, do I really want to be poor in spirit? That doesn't seem like a, a, a something that I want to do when I think about my faith journey. And so they kind of go against each other in some ways. Uh, some of, of these blessings are you know, ways in which we should live, absolutely. But I think what Jesus is doing and why this is placed so early on in this sermon that Jesus gives is that Jesus is trying to show us the magnitude of God's love, first and foremost. Because what what is happening in these words is that Jesus is sharing how God blesses some of the lowest of lows and some of the highest of highs. And so it's showing the magnitude of what God is doing in our lives. It's showing the magnitude of what's going on in our lives and the way in which God uh, is present and loves us but it's also showing how humble, how humble our wonderful God is. Because God, God isn't putting limits to who can be blessed versus who is not blessed. Because I truly believe that, that these Beatitudes, these words of, of blessings from Jesus, they're only the beginning. That this list can go on and on and on. But Jesus had some other stuff he had to get to in this sermon. And so he chose these nine that really encompass a very large group, very diverse group. And to know that we have a humble and loving God who will bless myself just as much as he blesses those who are in here just as much as he blesses all of his children. Now sometimes those blessings don't look like we want to. Sometimes they don't, you know, come at us where we see them you know, knowing like, oh my goodness, this, this right here is God, but yet they are still there because God is with us. And as I continue to think of that loving God, that humble God, that we continue to see through the life and the ministry of Jesus as he himself came into this world in a very humble way, and as he lived a life that was loving, that 
was not a life that the king above all kings would live. He didn't have the riches. He didn't have all of the fancy clothing. To see our God and to, to continue to just a little bit better understand the magnitude of that love and to understand the, the humbleness of our God. I realize within my own life, within my own faith journey, that that is what I'm being called to do, what we're all being called to do within our lives. We're being called to love, to be examples of God's love and God's presence in the world, and to love humbly. And that is so hard. Because we're easy to anger. Sometimes we force conflict. Sometimes we force division. So, I have a, I guess a confession, I don't know. We'll see. Some people might know this already. Um, For the most part, people think of me as a very laid-back, easygoing person. But I must say, while I am, okay, I also have one very explosive temper. My parents and my wife probably can attest to this. And the person who really just knows how to push my buttons, who knows how to uh, take calm and collective read and turn it into explosive, angry read is none other than my brother. (laughs) He absolutely knows how to just push my buttons. You know, about uh, three-ish years ago, um, when I first came to Alabaster as the associate pastor, uh, my brother moved in with me because he was finishing up school, kind of in between places uh, that to live. And so, you know, I was living in the parsonage. It was just me at the time because I wasn't married. And I said, all right, Alex, yeah, come on. Uh, you can just live with me. You know, we, we struck a deal. I made him pay some of the utilities because I'm not a very nice brother. But we, we did fine for... Um, first three-ish, four-ish months. And then um, it just didn't really work. We continued to irritate each other. We continued to, um, you know, just kind of get at each other because we're two very different people, which is a great thing and a, and a bad thing when you're under the same roof. But there was one day that I exploded on him. And it all was because of the thermostat. I'm someone who tends to keep the house a little uh, cooler in the winter. This is probably around December, January time. When it's cooler, uh, I've been known not to run the heat because I'm trying to save money, if we're being honest. 
and I can just put lots of blankets uh, over me. And, and my brother just wasn't quite uh, on that bandwagon like I was. And so I had gone somewhere for a couple of days um, to visit some friends, I think in Atlanta or something. And so I come back Saturday, and I look, and, and the heat is on, and it's on a, a lot higher than I would have ever put it on. And I just lost it. I lost it, and, you know, in fairness, he lost it a little bit after that. That's a little bit of my fault. And so I have this explosive, like, as soon as, as something finally just, just gets me, it's not very good. And yet, why do I do that? Why is it that I have this explosiveness? Because with that explosive temper, with that kind of explosive personality, when something doesn't go in the way that it should within my head, I'm then not doing or acting in a way that is pleasing to God. Because in my anger, in Reed's anger, I don't know about yours, in Reed's anger, when he's coming at you, he's not loving you very much in that moment. In my anger, I, I'm not coming um, very humbly I'm coming from a place where I'm right, you're wrong. But that's not our God. Our God comes to us loving. Our God comes to us humbly. And so if I want to be a person who goes and helps others know that they are blessed by God, that they are loved by God, then I have to do a better job of loving humbly, of not letting those times and situations of anger of division, of, of just frustration come out in the ways that it does for me. Now, that's a lot easier said than done. I can almost guarantee you that my brother is going to push my buttons and I'm probably going to go at him at some point within our life. We're hoping to have long life, so I understand it's going to happen. But, to really work within my own life so that that not, is not my first reaction, that is not my second reaction or my third reaction, but rather that my first thought are these words that teach us and reiterate to us that we are to live in a loving, humble way to all of those that we encounter just as our God does for us. That we 
help others know of our humble but loving God and let others know that as we share that love, as we share how humble our God is, we can't even do it justice. Because it's more than we are able, within our, our human selves, able to comprehend. And so let us go. Let us go in knowing that our God continues to be with us, continues to bless us, each and every one of us, even in the moments where we're not sure. But let us live our lives that exemplify our humble and loving God in all that we do. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just come to you grateful grateful that your love sees no boundaries grateful in the ways in which you continue to show up in such a humble way but yet powerful as well so lord we just we ask that you help us your people who know of you, our humble and loving God, and let us go out and help others know of that love, that love that you, our God, has for all of God's children. Amen.